Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast, episode 121. We have so much football to break down for this weekend. And as we always remind you guys, you got us over 100 ratings and reviews, and we really appreciate that. Keep it going. We would love for you guys to throw us a rating, throw us a review, uh, make sure you subscribe. We appreciate it so much. Thank you for listening. And Mac, we just finished. I'll just tease this out. We just finished recording a couple interviews. Not going to tell the people who, but I think we are going to have a really exciting home stretch for y'all as we get to the end of football season and get into the ACC title game and bowl season. There's a lot brewing here at the pod, <laughs> Emac. That's right. A lot of fun stuff going on, but that's... Uh... That's kind of how it gets when you get to postseason. You get close to the postseason. Championships start rising up. And uh, we're going to keep that same energy here on this podcast. So really high caliber guests next week. You guys are not going to miss it. We might even have you know a bonus episode. We might get really crazy next week and then drop four uh, episodes. But can't wait to talk about it. But this weekend, KG, there's a lot going down in the ACC. Very important games, rivalry games. Um, we still have to decide who's going to be in Charlotte on both sides, which is fun. I, I can't remember the last season. Obviously, it's always Clemson or FSU in the Atlantic, but I can't remember the last season where we have all this intrigue for who's going to actually be there. And that's fun because every game matters. And you've got a bunch of teams that are fighting for bowl eligibility as well. Teams that no one thought would be fighting for bowl eligibility, like a Syracuse, for example. So it's going to be a fun stretch here, Mac. Let's get to our big three breakdown. We've got three games that we're going to really focus in for the weekend. And let's start with this rivalry game, Miami at Florida State. Miami, and these we're talking about teams fighting for bowl eligibility. Miami five and four. Also Miami fighting for possibly winning the Coastal. Florida State three and six. If Florida State wants to make a bowl, they have to win out. It's not unheard of. Florida's really struggling, so it's possible but they got to start here. 3.30 on ESPN. Miami is a two and a half point favorite. Miami is one of the hottest teams, not only in the ACC, but in the country these days, Eric Beckley. I love it. And we heard from Coach Mark Rick on, on just how much these Hurricanes have to play for. How much are they thinking about that? Uh, TVD has come in and just been a revelation for these Hurricanes. I mean, he has made them into a completely different team. And I think one thing interesting to look at is you know, coach brought up on Wednesday is the start of the season for Miami was absolutely nuts. Right now, number two, Bama, eight and one. App State, who's seven and two. The only other loss that they have is to Louisiana and Miami. And then, of course, number seven, Michigan State, who's eight and one. They had a hellacious start to the season. And guess whose fault it is, Miami fans? Coach Mark Rick, you should send him a letter. He scheduled all of these games. It's all his fault, but they've responded and they figured it out. And they have a quarterback now and Tyler Van Dyke, who is in this past three games, 10 TDs, one interception, and just has these guys firing on all cylinders. It's been very impressive to see. And as you said, KG, I think they are one of the hottest teams in the country. Um, and they're just they're playing at a whole new level. They're playing with confidence. They're spreading it out throughout the entire team. The defense is playing better. I think the one thing to look at with Miami and something to get really excited about is how bright the future potentially could be. 
You've got a, a redshirt freshman in Tyler Van Dyke. You've got a redshirt freshman in uh, Knighton. You've got a true freshman in Keyshawn Smith. I mean, that core right there is going to have people just going nuts in the preseason about Miami. 22 is going to be all about the U. I'm a poet, didn't know it. Uh, but it, it's super fun to see these guys. And I think defensively, you know, they, they've really had that bend, don't break mentality. That's going to be tested against this Florida State rushing attack. Well, it is. And I want to talk about that because Florida State, they were running the ball really well. Then they played Clemson. They struggled. Then they played NC State. They struggled. So, and of course, you know, they, they had a Jordan Travis out against NC State. So that was a problem. But can this running game come back? And is the flu done running through the Florida State team? I and mean, there's a lot of questions here. This game is in Tallahassee. I expect a certain amount of fans to show up and we'll see how long they stay and are in the game. I don't think it's going to be a huge home field advantage, but we've got a lot of question marks with FSU. And when they've played better defenses, they have struggled to run the ball. I don't think there's any question. I mean, that that for three games, you know, we saw them really develop an identity and really just find out, okay, who we are, what we want to do. And as you just said, it's come to a screeching halt. And, and when they played Miami, or excuse me, when they played Clemson, when they played NC State, they weren't able to do the same things that you know they could. And so going to be very interesting to see, is JT back? Is he available? Uh, because I think that makes them a different team and a different rushing attack that they have. But if not, Mackenzie Milton's going to have to step up. He, he's going to have to you know do the best that he can throwing the football to end this four-game winning streak that the Hurricanes have, that, that Coach Rick started back in you know 17 there. So you know it's going to be interesting to see. We've seen flashes from this front seven of FSU and, and guys that are – you know, getting after the quarterback and making big plays in the backfield, they're going to have to do that again. They're going to have to get TVD uncomfortable, get him off the spot. And, you know, th- this is a different game. Rivalry games like this, you never know what can happen. You never know who can step up. And so going to be really just something to keep your eye on. Who is it going to be on this Knowles defense that makes a big play and maybe seals the victory for the Knowles? And uh, you can't fumble it three times if you're Miami. I think if you fumble it three times on the road in this kind of rivalry game, you're probably going to find a way to lose. Some of those fumbles were unbelievable, really, against Georgia Tech. And that's, you know, always your fear with a freshman quarterback, some mistakes, you're going to see some mistakes. I think the turnover margin is going to be really important because FSU, with the way they run it, if Jordan Travis is back, they actually been pretty good with the turnover margin this year because they don't put the ball in jeopardy a lot. So that's a big key for me when it comes to Miami. Come on, I'm going to give you my keys right here, KG. With Miami, I think it's super simple. Uh, protect your best player. And your best player right now is TVD. Uh, just let him go off. Give him the the necessary time to do what he has to do and let him find these wide receivers. It, it has been so impressive to see the play calling from Coach Lashley and then the execution of this offense, you know, since they took the training wheels off, as we heard, you know, again, Coach say on Wednesday. So that's my key for Miami. For FSU, it's run the football. Force feed Corbin, give him the rock 15 plus times. I don't care who else is in the game. He's got to touch it. He's that special and and just let him create. And, and, you know, if you can do that, if you can run the ball effectively, I think you've got a great shot here to make some noise in the conference. That would be something that could kind of salvage the season for FSU. Maybe you don't make a bowl, but you beat Miami. So you feel pretty good about that. And you can hold it over these fans um, heads throughout the year. My other key for FSU is I hope that everyone either last week or this week, went and got their flu shots, Mac. That's that's my other key. And you're drinking some of that Theraflu and you're uh, getting rid of that flu. Because that's not good. That's a problem that's right. for them. That's right. right Whatever now. you got to do. Whatever you got to do, get rid of it.
whatever you got to do. All right, let's talk about our next game here on our big three breakdown. This game, uh, there's a lot of unknown about who's playing, perhaps. It's number nine, Notre Dame, eight and one overall at Virginia, who a lot of people might not realize is quietly six and three. There are quite a few teams that are six and three ranked in the playoff poll. Of course, Clemson and Virginia aren't because they play in their own conference. But one thing, one thing I want to say about that is, could you just imagine where Virginia would be right now if they beat BYU? I mean, I just see oh, BYU yeah, be in ranked. these rankings, and I'm just like, oh man, yeah, that should be Virginia. Now they did get blown out, so it's they did to yeah. say, oh, they were close. For sure, they were not. For sure, <laughs> I'm just saying it's a definitely a big what if type moment if you yeah. could have just or handled if beaten if UVA had beaten North Carolina. Because at seven and two, it's it's really tough to leave anyone out of the rankings at seven and two, with all of the parity that we're seeing this year. Oh, no. But this game seven thirty on ABC. Notre Dame is a five and a half point favorite on the road, and the bottom line with this, we've talked about it all year. Poor Brennan Armstrong has been in a body cast basically all season. He has been doing everything he can to lead Virginia. He's been putting his body on the line. He's been hurt since day one. He does it all for them. And he was hurt against BYU, and Bronco Mendenhall's been very, very secretive, saying he's day-to-day. You won't know until UVA takes the field if he's going to be out there. So I'm sure Vegas loves that, and we love that because we don't really know how to predict it. But, Mac, do you have any lean on if he's going to play or not? Yeah, I, I really I don't, to be quite honest. But when I do a little research, when I'm looking at Twitter and I'm seeing – you know, folks from the coaching staff of Virginia, when I'm seeing people from the athletic department, the team Twitter, all these folks are really pushing Brennan's stats and push, pushing Brennan's accolades and, and the, the Heisman race. And so I've just got to think how silly it would be that you're doing all that and then he doesn't play. So hmm. I, I, I'm leaning toward, I guess I am leaning. I am leaning towards the fact that he will be available, that he will okay, play. I like that. But I mean, if he's not healthy, you got to protect them. You got to definitely be careful of what you're going to do there. You've got to max protect, keep your offensive lineman in there, keep your tight end in there, uh, maybe even chip with a running back uh, because Notre Dame has a little guy by the name of Folsky that he's coming. He's coming after you. And, and you know, he's tied for, I think, fourth in the country with eight sacks. Uh, so, so you've got to be aware of that guy. If he's not fully healthy and, and you're on the fence about him playing or not, You've got to think about conference play because you are not out of this championship. And, and honestly, that's a great. What point. is this game for? You're not going to the playoff. You're not trying to increase your strength of schedule, anything of that nature. I mean, you you have conference things on your mind, and to play around with this little independent team, this little non-conference team here, uh, it, it's something that you don't want to get your quarterback even more hurt. And now you're out of that race as well. And so it's going to be very interesting to see kind of how Bronco Mendenhall and this staff kind of balance out. Okay. And honestly, Brennan, I'm sure at the end of the day, it's his decision. Um, you know, what do you want to do? You want to play? You want to sit and wait and, you know, get you back when we get back into conference play. So something certainly to keep your eye on that, you know, is going to be a big help for Virginia, whether he is, uh, whether he's in there and ready to go. That's a great point, Mac. And next week, Virginia plays Pitt, which is a game that could in some ways decide the Coastal. So you've got to be very smart about this. Now, Notre Dame, if you want this game to matter more, you can join the conference, but as of now, you're <laughs> We'll send annoyed. the contract. Just let us know where yeah. to send it. We'll send you the contract. As of now, you are the worst. Um, Notre Dame, they are looking a lot better. Their offensive line is playing a lot better. They were young. They were struggling early. Kyron Williams, with the O-line playing better, has started to look really good. And if I'm, Mac, this is just me as someone who hasn't played football. The only way I can Hold on. think about Did you this, say you didn't play football? No, I didn't. Are you I thought you knew me? that. 
Now I was my powder puff quarterback senior. Okay. Year. Now see, that makes a so lot of there sense. Was I that. figured you would be yeah. a quarterback for sure. So it's basically the equivalent. Um, but if you're a UVA and you can't stop the run at all, right? Is there a way to scheme where, you know, okay, we have Jack Cohn on the other side. And then when they bring in their backup, he's more of a runner for Notre Dame. Is there a way where you can just put like everyone in the box, <laughs> like everyone and just go man to man on the wide receivers and just say, look, and I know there is a way, but like, why doesn't UVA just do that? Because they are so bad at stopping the run. It feels like you could scheme around that and help yourself out a little bit more. It's it's going to be interesting to see, especially with Bronco Mendenhall being a defensive guy. Like that's what he was known for. That's what people right. expected. Uh, but but honestly, the thing is, you have to be careful because Notre Dame does have guys that they do have this freaky tight end by the name of Michael Mayer, who I think is going to be a first round draft pick. And if you just go man to man, you get you get a slow linebacker or a too small of a, a DB on him. He's going to go for 200 yards. So you, you're in a very difficult spot. At the end of the day, you just need your guys to step up and play football and, and do what they're supposed to. Uh, Nick Jackson, who is freaky for Virginia, is going to have to have a monster day. I mean, I think that he is going to have to have a 10, 15-plus tackle day if Virginia wants any shot at this thing. And, and so when you look at Notre Dame, when you look at the performance you just saw from BYU, I'm running the ball every play. I mean, I might not even throw a pass, to be quite honest, because they can't stop you. They, they can't stop you. Your offensive line since that Virginia Tech game or really going into that Virginia Tech game They've looked like a completely different team. And, and Jarrett Patterson, the, the center who was just named for the finalist for the Remington, uh, and, and then a true freshman at left tackle, Joe Alt, 6'7", 305. Can Clemson like find one of these guys? Can I just do a Homer moment real quick and say, where the heck do you stockpile these guys? <laughs> no, that's what, that's what Notre Dame does. That's what Notre Dame does. It's like they, whenever a baby is born that weighs over 10 pounds in a hospital, Notre Dame places a microchip in them and tracks them. <laughs> Just to see if they can find him. You know what the you know who the next baby is? Uh Joey Cornett. Oh, Jordan yeah. and Shay's baby. Oh, yeah. Huge. I mean, I, I'm putting dibs in. I've called tackle. Dabo. I said, look, you gotta offer this kid right now. He's ready. He also might want to be a hooper, so right I'm now. just saying. No, he's too big. He's gonna be too big. He can't play hoops. He can't play hoops. <laughs> anyway, when you look at that offensive line and, and those studs that I just mentioned in Patterson and all, I mean, they they're playing at such a high level. I, I've never seen KG a, a team do a big turnaround from what they look like, as I've seen from Notre Dame. And you know what's crazy? These guys are not out of the playoff. Now, I'll never tell Cornette that. I'll never tell Jordan that. But they're right there, and they're in a really good position. They need a little help, but they're in a good position to make this thing. And it all starts with with going against Virginia right here. And they have a linebacker, JDB. He is freaky. He is a heat-seeking missile. His tackles are double anybody else on the team. I mean, this guy, it's like he's not fair. He's like, if he sees you about to make a tackle, he knocks you down out of the way, and he's going to make the play. So certainly a guy in JDB and Folsky to keep your eye on when Notre Dame is on defense. No doubt about it, Mac. I think, you know, my key for this game, and then I want to get yours, when you've seen uh, defenses that have struggled, Oklahoma has done this for a while. You, Your defensive coordinator starts to put a big emphasis on trying to force turnovers, punching the ball out, whatever. That's the only way here for Virginia, I think, because Notre Dame is going to be able to control this game with how they run the ball. They're so balanced and they have a defense, uh, even though Kyle Hamilton is hurt and still out, at least for now. I think UVA is going to have to force turnovers and they're capable. They've done that to North Carolina at times. They've, they've done that to other teams. But 
I think that's the only way UVA finds a way, unless Brennan is back and he's fine and he has a ridiculous Brennan game. Yeah, and that's why I, I kind of have two keys here, and it's kind of cheating. Um, number one, my my first key is the health of Brennan. You know, where where's that? You know, is this guy ready to go? Is he seventy percent? Is he eighty percent? Is he forty percent and not going to play? Um, so that's my first key is knowing that where is that guy. And then the second key for UVA is put your track shoes on and let's go. Let's score. Let's score a bunch of points. It, it shouldn't matter what our defense does give up because we we know we can score on anybody. We know we can put up any kind of points. And if you're comfortable in being in that type of environment, then it's kind of last man with the ball. Don't make mistakes. Go down and be who you are because this Virginia offense has been unbelievable. It's been so fun to watch and the amount of guys who have you know impacted this thing and really got it going with the wide receiver position, tight ends, a trio of running backs at time to time, and then the, the football player position. Uh, it, it's been fun to watch. So just understand that if we get into that situation, we've got to go. Uh, and then for Notre Dame, I think you guys can guess what that is. It's run the ball and run the ball a lot. I think that Kyron Williams should, not even could, he should have a career day and, and really just pound the rock as much as you can. Let that young man eat. Kyron Williams is looking at this game and uh, dude is excited. I'll just put it that way. I think he's very excited about this upcoming matchup. All right, Mac, we are also excited about our final matchup here in our big three breakdown. Number 16, NC State, 7-2 and two overall, 4-1 and one in league, at number 12, Wake Forest. And they're 5-0 and oh in the ACC, don't forget, and 8-1 and one overall, primetime on ACC Network. Wake is a two-point favorite. Mac, I did not realize this stat, that Wake Forest and um, overall Winston-Salem has been a tough place for NC State to win. NC State is 2-8 and eight in their last 10 trips to Wake Forest. That is crazy to me. And it just shows, I think NC State overall, their last 10, 15 years, maybe in their entire history, they've struggled to win away from home. And so that's part of it. I'm not sure it's it's the Wake atmosphere, even though the Wake atmosphere has been really good, but it's like 30,000 people. And I know the students will show up like they did a couple of weeks ago. But for whatever reason, NC State, they they can't get it done here, Mac. Yeah, well, for starters, it's going to be 30,000 people plus four because the huddle is on the way. I am so Let's jacked go. up to be at this game, to see both of these teams live. I mean, a battle for first place in the Atlantic. We're playing for championships. Now, you can't clinch just because that little pesky Clemson Tiger team is still hanging around somehow and uh, has a little say-so with them playing out of conference today or this week. But it, this is going to be a fun game, and I cannot wait to see it up close and personal. Both these quarterbacks playing at such a high level, but that's certainly something to keep your eye on. I mean, history has found a weird way this year, even maybe a little more so than than you know recent years of, of weaving its way in and, and finding these crazy just examples of, well, they've never done this, they can't do this, or, or they struggle at this particular place. So how much is that going to play a part in this in particular game? When I, when I look at Wake Forest, Offense has not been a problem. I mean, these guys are, are scoring at 45 a clip. I said 36 to, to start the season. That was my projection. And uh, here we are just kind of putting 10 on top of that. Yeah, so low. What am I thinking? Uh, so keep up that energy. Keep up that production. Um, whatever it takes. Kind of similar to Virginia. Um, you're going against a really tough defense, though. This is the tough defense that you've played this season. And you, you're going to have to bring it. I mean, Sam, ha- Sam Hartman has played so well this year. 63%. You know, throwing percentage, 2,800 yards, 27 touchdowns, only five picks. Just doing a really good job distributing the ball to his trio of great wide receivers. Um, The run game, I think, 
is going to be a little bit more important in this game. I, I think balance is the best way to attack an elite defense like NC State that's only given up 16 points a game. Uh, so you, really, it's it's a battle of iron sharpens iron here. Something has to give uh, w- with these great offense, great defense. Um, and speaking of defense for, for Wake, my goodness, uh, just really hurt your team, uh, honestly, and, and couldn't finish the drill and, and could not slow Sam Howell and the boys down at all. Uh, could could not stop the run. Uh, it, it has been abysmal really since conference play started. Syracuse kind of opened that up and, and kind of showed that weakness there. The good thing is, though, NC State, they don't really know how to run the ball right now. So hopefully going to be a good day, and we'll see another offense explosion from both these teams because, you know, that that's what we're all about on this podcast. Well, I'm worried about NC State and their lack of ability to run it. They have not had to recently. Their defense did the heavy lifting against Florida State and against Louisville. Devin Leary has still looked really good. Devin Leary's not the problem. Honestly, if there's a quarterback that I trust more right now in this game, it's Devin Leary. Because even though Hartman's thrown five picks, two of those were against North Carolina in very inopportune times. And Devin Leary does not turn the ball over. He's not going to make mistakes. But NC State has not been able to run the ball. And that worries me, Mac. And they have a great offensive line. They have Big Icky there, who's like the number one offensive lineman in the country right now. What does NC State have to do to get that running game going? And do they need it to win? You know, I I think... Yes, is is quite frankly the answer. And this is the game to get it back, you know, against a team that just is not good at well, defending it. And, and so, you know, figure it out, whether it's play calling, whether it's guys miscommunicating. I know they have some injuries along that offensive line, so it's not, you know, the, the five that they started with. Uh, but but this team just feels like it's clicking at the right time. Minus the Miami game, I get it. But they're playing complimentary football right now. And, and really, can you take that next step and get to a, a ACC championship game. You've never been there. That's uncharted territory for NC State to get to the championship game. And I, I think that you know they're aware of that. We talked to, to Devin Leary a week or so ago, and he said, listen, we know what's in front of us. We That fuels us. The, the opportunity that is there is certainly a motivating factor for us. And, and so I think when your quarterbacks is saying that, the team feels that, the coaches are probably telling those guys that, you, you can just play at a different level. Now, Wake Forest certainly does the exact same thing. Um, but when, when you have a guy like Devin Leary, and both these quarterbacks in this matchup are, are just tremendous. We, we've seen that a lot ending the season here. But, you know, Devin playing at such a high level, 66% passing. That's better than Sam Hartman. He has a little bit less yards, but he's thrown the ball less. Uh, 25 TDs, only three picks. He's spreading the ball around so well. There are nine different guys with a touchdown catch. And we've seen that the last two weeks, he's thrown four touchdowns each week, four different receivers. So, I mean, he's spreading it around like crazy, and it's been very impressive to uh, to just see how this Wolfpack team is playing. The interesting thing to see is going to be this defense and how do they attack Wake Forest, you know, mesh point, that, that slow RPO, because there's really, there's two ways that you can defend it effectively. Number one is blow up the middle. Don't let there even be a thought of a run game and and just get pushed backwards. Tough to do because Wake Forest has a really solid offensive line and they've been able to protect well. The second way, and this is kind of a, it's a little bit trickier because you're not sure where it's coming from. You have to get a linebacker or a DB in that throwing window where the slant is going to be. Now you can really affect an offense if you have a guy sitting and waiting there because there's times where the quarterback is a little bit blind. He might be reading the safety. He might be reading an end-of-line guy, 
and forgets about the the linebacker or DB that's just hovering there, and he could throw it right into that guy. You could see a big pick, a big knockdown. And so there's ways to do it. Uh, certainly much easier, KG, for me to sit here and tell you that than to go out and do it against an offense that's averaging 45 a game. Exactly, Mac. And and that's kind of my main question with this game. And And that's my key is, can NC State score with Wake? Because Wake is not, I think Wake is going to be able to dictate the pace. They want to play very fast, as they always do. Can State score with them? I mean, if this game, obviously, if this game's played in the 20s or even the 30s, I think State feels good. But if it gets up there, if it gets in the high 30s and 40s, I think that Wake probably wins the ball game. And I also wonder, because State's not running it well, like can, can they take the pace back? You'd think, okay, well, State can dictate to them, but State can't really run the ball right now unless they change that on Saturday. Yeah, it, I love that point that you just brought up. You know, if it comes to a shootout, are they able to do that? Are they able to keep up? I think the one game that you might even can say is a shootout, they, they really don't have one, um, is that Miami game, and they lost. They, they weren't able to. And, and so, you know, what does that look like if we get into that certain situation now, you know, the ACC has done such a great job this year of, of taking things that we say and saying, oh, yeah, watch this. We'll show you. And so we might get right. into a 40, right. 50, 60 t- point game here. And, uh, you know, Wolfpack fans will be telling us, oh, yeah, did you see that? And uh, we'll, we'll certainly be waiting. But it's going to be interesting to see. KG, my key to this game for Wake Forest, it's all about the defense. I mean, can you do anything? Can you get a turnover? Can you get one stop? That's all we need. That's all we feel like we need with this offense, because we're going to score every time. We're very confident in our abilities. We're going to move the ball downfield. That's what we're going to do. And then for NC State, I've got to get that run game going. I've got to get balance. I can't just be a a one-sided team. I've got to lean on my big offensive line saying, get me some yards, get me some balance uh, and the ability to run the football. And I think if they're able to do that, then we're going to have a a really close, a really fun game. Uh, The biggest thing for me, KG, is just seeing this in person it's going to be so much fun. I hope the energy is fantastic. We heard that it's a sellout, and uh, you know it should be a fantastic environment. And you know, eighty percent of Wake students are going to show up. Let's make it a hundred percent. Let's make it a hundred percent. That's right. It's going to be a little cold. I'm going to have to bring a jacket for uh, for Coach and EJ. Um, you know, those guys get cold in the studio. You're right. going to be really cold in these elements. Well, if, imagine if <laughs> if Eddie was there. Eddie's coming. Eddie's going to oh, be there. Is? So I'm going to bring a jacket for He's Eddie too. <laughs> He's like me. I totally relate. That happens to me too. That's why I played an indoor sport. All right, KG, let's get to the speed round. But before we do, it's time for our Seaside Grown Fresh Picks of the Week. Seaside Grown comes from a rich 120-year history of family-owned sustainable farming in South Carolina's low country. Let Seaside Grown get you ready for your game day and start your tailgate off right with Seaside's Bloody Mary mix. Either use it for your Bloody Marys or, especially as we're getting colder for your tailgates, it is perfect for the cold weather this chili with the Seaside Bloody Mary mix. And we had someone tweet us, Cindy tweeted me. She said, your Bloody Mary mix chili is on the tailgate menu this Saturday. I love it, Mac. And of course they have a bunch of other products too, but that chili, gosh, it was so good. (laughs) Come on, KG. Well, this is where it gets really fun for me. All 19 of their true field to glass Seaside grown products are made fresh from local produce that they grow or with other American farmers that they partner with. Those products are then bottled in Seaside's very own commercial packing facility. By doing this, they provide unprecedented traceability for consumers knowing exactly where the food in their bottles comes from. Guys, do yourself a favor, 
Go to SeasideGrown.com, browse their amazing products, and when you load up your cart and you're ready to check out, use our code ACC15 to save 15% on your entire order. I love it. All right, Max, speaking of tomatoes and picking a bunch of other lovely produce, let's pick some college football games. All right, give me your straight-up pick, your pick against the spread, and if you're feeling an over-under pick, Miami at Florida State. Miami is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This one is going to be interesting to me. It's a rivalry game. Nobody knows what the heck can happen. I'm taking Miami. I'm taking Miami with the points, but I'm taking the under. I think this is going to be a slugfest. I think it's going to be a slobber knocker. These guys hate each other. We've seen the defenses at times really shine on both sides, kind of separate occasions. I think this is going to be the game where both sides of that, uh, you know, both sides of the ball there for each team is going to have their best game. And it's going to be a dogfight. I, I think if Florida State can run it, they've got a shot. I think if Miami can protect TVD, they've got a shot. So I'm taking the under. I'm going Miami and going Miami with the points. I like the under. I think Miami is the play and Miami's going to cover. I think Miami wins this by seven or 10. And I just, I think Florida State had some momentum, but they've taken some tough losses and then they have the flu and Jordan Travis has been out. So I don't have a lot of faith in FSU right now. I think they're going to end up missing a bowl. And if they lose to Miami, then they will. I know. So sad. All right. Let's talk about our second game here. Number nine, Notre Dame at Virginia. Notre Dame is a five and a half point favorite. The total is 64. This one also interesting because there's factors that we don't have any control of. We don't have any insight in. We're kind of picking blind here. Honestly, there should be like an insurance type thing. And maybe this exists. I'm sorry if I'm I'm not educated on this, guys. If the star player's not playing and that's announced at kick, you should get your money back. That's not fair based on what, yeah, what picks you make there. Uh, with that in mind, if Brennan plays, I'm taking Virginia with the points. I'm taking Notre Dame straight up, but I think that mm-hmm. Virginia covers. And if Brennan plays, I'm also taking the over. I think this turns into a shootout kind of similar to BYU, except for there's still points scored by Virginia in the fourth quarter. Um, so I, that's where I'm leaning. I think also Notre Dame might want to step up and, and you know prove to the country that they are for real as well and, and really just dominate – a power five opponent, an ACC opponent. So there's a lot of weird factors in this game, but that's kind of how I'm, I'm, you know, laying it out there, KG, without knowing you know, who's playing a quarterback for UVA. For me, Mac, with this game, I think the BYU game scarred me a little bit. Even if Brennan plays, I think Notre Dame wins. And I think they cover just because Notre Dame can run the ball so well. And Virginia's run defense is so bad. So I'm taking Notre Dame here, but we'll see your point about, Maybe sitting Brennan just because it's not an ACC game if he's not 100%. When we know he's not 100%. We'll see what happens there. That's very interesting. All right, our final matchup here, Mac, the big one this weekend. Number 16, NC State at number 12, Wake. Wake is a two-point favorite at home, even though they were a dog at North Carolina, which turned out to be right because Vegas knows everything. The total is 66.5. Am I giving NC State's defense too much credit? I might be because I'm taking NC State. I think that the defense – makes this very interesting. I think that the defense makes this a much closer game. I'm taking the under for sure. I'm probably betting the house on taking the under here um, just because I, I think they make it weird for Wake. And, and I think when you look at Wake Forest every time this year, they, they really haven't struggled to score the football. They haven't struggled to move the football against anybody that they've played. And so now that they're running into this, it's going to be like, oh my gosh, what do we do now? And do they start forcing things? Do we start seeing, seeing 
silly plays that are made, and that even gets you further behind the, the curve here. So I'm going NC State. I'm taking the under big time, and it's going to be interesting to see. Mac, I appreciate your thoughts here. Um, I am taking Wake Forest, and I will tell you why. And I think if you, I'm taking Wake, so I might as well just take Wake uh, minus two. The games that Wake has struggled this year, particularly struggled to defend, have been against teams with really good rushing attacks. Syracuse, North Carolina. North Carolina, underrated rushing attack with Ty Chandler and Sam Howell together. Army, obviously. Um, they, they are an option team, so they run the ball all the time. But with a team like Virginia that really can't run the ball, they were absolutely fine. They held UVA to 17 points. Now, NC State is a better overall team than UVA, but I don't think this NC State lack of running game is a fluke because it's a pattern. I mean, it's, it's a problem throughout most of the year. So I think it's going to be close. This is not a, a, a disrespect meant towards NC State. It's just it's the ACC, and every game is close, and even what you think is going to happen probably won't. And I think Wake Forest, their defense has looked rough, but I don't think NC State can hurt them as much as some people think. And I think Wake is still the offensive juggernaut. I'm not just giving up on Wake and throwing them out after that one loss against North Carolina. So I'm taking the Deeks. Come on. How about that for some solid analysis on why you should pick either team? Listen, if you're the jury, you're, you're, you're the, our audience, our listeners here, tell us who's right. Tell us what, who you lean with. Because I, I think both of those... Everything that we both said is true. And, yep. and so it's going to be very interesting to see what comes to fruition, who stands up taller, who's able to execute at a higher level. That's why I'm so jacked up that we are live at this game because it's going to be so much fun to watch. The teams will also tell us who's right. They will. They will. We'll find and, out. And uh, NC State is definitely going to be disrespected by what you just said. I can't wait to yeah, send this to Coach Dorn. Oh, well, I'm I it to him right now. Beat him too, You're so. over. Jeez. <laughs> You're done for. <laughs> I'm done. All right, Mac, let's get to our speed round. Let's run through a couple of these games really fast. UConn is traveling down to Death Valley to play Clemson. Six and three overall. UConn's one and eight. Noon game on ACC Network. Clemson is a 40 and a half point favorite. Something tells me that UConn might cover this. UConn's terrible, but DJU sprained his PCL against Louisville. I'm not sure how much he even plays. I think we'll see a very conservative game plan, run the ball a lot, try to make this game short, get a lot of players in. So I'm leaning towards UConn plus 40 and a half, Mac. Yeah, you know what? I, I, you're probably right because um, that's just what we see from Clemson in times like this. But I hope you're wrong. I hope we see them air it the freak out. I hope we see uh, uh, my guy Bo Collins go nuts. I hope we see the connection from Ross that we've seen all year long continue to emerge. Um I hope we see them try to sharpen their craft instead of just scooting through a game and running inside zone right, inside zone left, outside run here, quarterback power. Like, I, I want to see some creativity. I want to see us testing some things, see this offense, get it going, uh, because you need that. You you need this practice. You You need this live bullet action for your team to keep getting better. And the last three weeks, we've seen Clemson play better than they ever have this year offensively. We've seen uh, DJ get more comfortable, especially when I saw them against Louisville kind of in the two-minute hurry-up situation. That was the most comfortable I've seen him running this offense. He was hitting guys right out of breaks. He was uh, anticipating and assuming when they were going to come out. So let's go fast break. Let's make this thing happen. Um, and then, as you said, see that run game continue to develop and emerge 
Uh, Shipley was fantastic. Uh, Moffa was fantastic. Kobe Pace looks like he will be back uh, from an injury there. And then just defensively, a couple of really, really just gritty performances. I thought that Xavier Thomas, Trenton Simpson, Andrew Makuba ha- have just had really big games back-to-back now. And, uh, you know, some some really key players that are making Clemson uh, defense as fearful as ever. No doubt. All right, let's get to our next game here. This game is very interesting for bowl eligibility purposes. Syracuse 5-4 and four, at Louisville 4-5. and five. This is a noon game on ESPN3. Louisville's a three-point favorite. A, can Louisville win a close game? Because it looks like they can't. B, is anyone going to help Malik? C, can anyone slow down Sean Tucker? Well, KG, congrats. Three strikes, you're out of there. Uh, <laughs> the answer's no, I think, to all of those. I, I, I'm I'm really on cues right now and, and loving the fact that we, they have back-to-back ACC wins, the Orange coming off of a bye week. They're rested. They're excited. They're feeling confident. Um, and especially just the the success that we have seen from them recently, I think Sean Tucker continues to dominate. To dominate, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Garrett Schrader have his best passing day, just because of how you know stingy this Louisville run defense has been, uh, and maybe some things all open up in the passing game there. But really, I, I'm, it's all about the defense. I cannot wait to see this Syracuse defense just you know try to limit. Uh, Malik as best they can. They they have a core of linebackers at Syracuse and Mikel Jones, Thomas, Wax that that have just been they've been freaky. They've been getting after the quarterback. They've been making big time plays, and they're going to have to have one of their best games ever going against a quarterback in Malik Cunningham who is so special. We saw him go fifty one yards against Clemson in the blink of an eye, uh, and, and just truly has to do everything for his team. So expect that defense to ball out. Um, and then, as you said, I, I know Malik is frustrated. I know he has to be. He's doing so much for his team and just at times feels like he has zero help. Uh, so just continue to be who you are. Continue to be the bright spot for your team and just know that it's probably going to take another you know, all-out effort to get a W against the Orange. No doubt. Malik and Brennan are in a, a special club these days in the ACC doing all <laughs> they can for their squads. All right, Mac, two more games to get to here. Boston College, 5-4 and four overall with a win, could become bowl eligible. At Georgia Tech, three and six. If Georgia Tech loses, they're they're out of bowl eligibility. Three thirty on ESPN three. Georgia Tech's a two point favorite. That surprises me. I know they're at home in Atlanta. I know they played Miami well, but Miami turned the ball over a bunch. That line Vegas must have forgotten that uh, number five. He's back for Boston College. This team is so different when he's on the field, and and really defenses have to play them differently because of his ability to you know push the ball vertically, to push the ball downfield, and then. His mobility as a runner as well, um, that is really hard to defend for a quarterback. So that opens up so many different things. I think uh, Pat Garwo has been special, and I think we see him rise to the top again. But how about this defense for Coach Halfley? I mean, they're sixth in passing defense, ninth in third down defense, 18 in scoring defense. That's in the country, guys. That's not the ACC. That's in the entire country. Uh, Coach Lukabu and, and Coach Halfley there have done an amazing job, and I expect to see nothing less of that. And Georgia Tech is so close. They, they are right there, KG, a couple of pieces away. They have a chance to go to a bowl game, but they need a, a victory here. Um, and, and what's interesting when you're so close nowadays is the transfer portal can can impact you right away. I mean, you don't have to wait on a recruiting class to come in and develop you can go and get guys who you need right now, and I expect to see Georgia Tech go back into that thing and, and really get you know some of the best guys to come to GT. 
Yeah, they're going to need to go portal for sure. Maybe some Atlanta recruits that have gone elsewhere, haven't loved it. Get them to come, come on back home. home. Come on home. When you say they still have a chance to make a bowl with Georgia Tech, I, I actually said that earlier. They don't. They got to play Georgia at the end. So, <laughs> Are you kidding I mean, me? There's always a chance, Kelly. Uh, I don't know about that. Maybe not. Sorry, GT. We curse you. You're gone. All right, Mac. Our final game, the saddest game of the weekend. Would love your quick thoughts here. Duke at Virginia Tech, 330, ACC Network. Virginia Tech, an 11.5-point favorite, Mac. Uh, looking at this game from a Vegas perspective, everyone has been covering on Duke lately, but I don't even know if I trust Virginia Tech to do that right now. Kelly, you you have been really good at naming different matchups that we've had in the ACC this year, and you've called them various bowl games. Um, I think these two teams have been involved in in quite a few of those. So now they're playing one together, and I call this the saddest bowl of the day. And honestly, I hope both teams go out and have fun. So sad. I hope nobody gets hurt. I hope they tie. I hope they tie. And, you know, we can go along our merry way. But actually, they would just have to go for two forever until someone eventually won. Forever. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. It really is. Mateo Durant, still fun to watch for Duke. Uh, number two rusher in the league. So he, he's been a, a for sure bright spot. But... I mean, VT, just the, the struggles keep adding up in different weird ways. And, you know, these guys are just inconsistent offensively, can't move the ball at all. Quarterback might be hurt for the year. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see what VT even runs out there. Uh, I think if there's something to be excited about for Virginia Tech, it is that Dax Hollifield decided to come back. And he's going to come back for a super senior year. I think you can really build that defense around him. And, uh, you know, just try your best to, like I said, go out and have fun today, both teams, and maybe get a win. Mac, you sound like you're coaching an eight-year-old team and you're bringing them orange slices. Honestly, they might need some orange slices. They might need something. (laughs) Guys, that's it. It's been another great week, a really, really fun weekend of ACC football coming up. And as KG kind of hinted to and mentioned, it's going to be a fun week next week. We've got some interesting things on the horizon. Can't wait to share it with you guys and then some really cool guests. Uh, We're going to double up. We're going to go two guest episodes next week. Cannot wait for you guys to hear those. But as always, thank you for listening. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes, follow our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating, or write us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.